Hello and welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Granger. Each week we bring the most interesting conversations from around the media industry. This week we are talking about what keeps readers coming back for more of your digital content. Digital publishing and analytics platform Twipe this week launched a fresh report on reinventing the digital edition. It dives into the mindsets of readers and looks at how they form habits with digital products. Today, we talk to Twipe founder Danny Lane and head of business development at Dana Nastase on some of the key findings and takeaways as they talk about the lessons they've learned from publishers paying attention to their readers' actions. It is all the more important to be thinking about reader habits as news organisations become more reliant on reader revenue. But what prompts a reader to open their news app in the morning and how do you keep them locked into doing that on a daily basis? All of that is to come. A quick reminder to you listening in today, if you'd like to jump on the podcast with me, shoot me an email at jacob at Danny and Dana join us on a Zoom meeting after this quick message from the journalism.co.uk jobs board. This podcast is brought to you by journalism.co.uk. We bring you the latest jobs in the media and communications industry. Our job of the week is a deputy editor position for GC Magazine. To apply for this opportunity and more, visit our jobs board on www.journalism.co.uk forward slash jobs. Danny, Dana, welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast. How are you both? Um, We're doing great. Thanks a lot. Today, I'd like to talk to you about this study that's by the time we put out the podcast, you will have released, which is about reader habits um, formed with digital products. Um, I'd like to sort of backtrack a little bit and start with some context, because when we think about newspapers, we think about how they championed the morning habit routine. Um, Can you tell me what lessons we kind of learned from that, why that was a success and whether that was really by design or something which just happened to work in it? sort of evolved over time if you look at different newspapers have let's say appeared with different publishing frequencies uh, and for instance uh, some magazines offer a weekly uh, frequency most newspapers actually are a daily frequency that's one thing most newspapers also do that in the morning there's a couple of exceptions for instance the french newspaper le monde and the dutch newspapers nrc are noon newspapers but if you look at the moments of consumption of news most of that uh, happens in the morning and that is also i think natural people wake up they want to start their day they want to have information that makes them personally relevant and that's where a news product fits in very well so i think newspapers have learned have seen that and have built quite complex organizations with night work and processing to making that happen that's an excellent point what changed as news went digital and what crucially did that do to readers brains their expectations of news their motivations and critically their their habits if you talk about what moving to digital did to readers brain the way of navigating or finding their way through the news uh, was a bit more difficult elements of um, predictability um, that were very crucial to habit forming with newspapers such as i know i always find a cartoon on page five or an editorial piece on page two combined with the elements of uh, serendipity of always going through the newspaper and not knowing what to discover were less easy to navigate as news went digital. Um, And so what the internet has brought is basically an urge at publishers to publish everything they had as fast as they could do under a digital first kind of drive for the readers 
they could have access to that content and some people actually did and do that every day but the kind of frequency of publishing the kind of craving to receive a package of information that is well balanced that is well structured that offers serendipity um, that people can somewhere fit into the, their lives that has uh, been gone and so people choose a bit their own journey um, and um, and I do that for a couple of minutes but not for the longer times that we have seen in the past on newspapers so quite a bit of the kind of deeply ingrained habits that existed in that let's say analog print world have for a, a large amount of people disappeared as readers have that expectation of being updated in the morning have we found a successful sort of digital counterpart to that what we see is that short newsletter that triggers people to kind of on topics of interest really helps to build habits and we have an experience ourselves with the james project that we could do uh, last year together with the times in london we see for instance the telegraph has done experiments with short whatsapp audio briefings to try to uh, to kind of link into the commute time of people in the morning in a good way. So those are examples of organizations that kind of deeply try to understand their readers and their habits and then create products that fit very well into those habits. We collect quite a lot of data on reading behavior, specifically on digital editions. There's still a large amount of uh, people that would take in the morning anywhere between 15 and 20 minutes to have a very good briefing. Um, and surprisingly, the kind of uh, e-paper, the digital form of the edition, has shown on our platforms an ever-increasing growth. Um, and so also that format, I would say, is also not in the digital world. It has to be reinvented, has to be crystallized, but definitely offers quite a bit of opportunity. These days, the push notification is, might be a trigger, the email might be a trigger, the presence on a social media group, for instance, in the case of an, a, a German, uh, let's say, regional publisher that makes sure that they're always present on a local regional media kind of Facebook group that is often checked by local communities. All those elements play an important role. So we're talking a lot here about triggers, um, Danny. Exactly what do we mean by that? Exactly why are these important to forming habits? Habits are unconscious acts that we kind of execute because um, they're very efficient for our brain. They don't require a lot of, let's say, effort from our brains. But before you can uh, form a habit, um, you need to kind of go through a number of iterations. Um, we call that the habit forming cycles or the habit loops. Now, the trigger is the start of such a habit loop. It is, um, for instance, a push notification that is relevant and that makes you uh, click on it and discover an interesting article or discover a list of articles that is relevant for you in that morning briefing. Um, and we make a distinction between external triggers. So these are triggers that you can organize, such as sending a newsletter, um, sending a push notification, and internal triggers, which are things to be formed, the things that you would do because for instance you walk into the kitchen area and you kind of say okay i'm going to now the first thing i do is, is prepare my cup of coffee the next thing i'll do is i will after my cup of coffee take my tablet and open up my favorite newspaper app the taking up of that cup of coffee 
and taking up your tablet is an internal trigger that tells your brain, okay, next thing you do is this unconsciously. In the research of Charles Duhigg in his book, Power of Habit, he categorizes these triggers as, as cues and uh, he splits them into five different categories. And one of the categories is actually the immediate preceding action. So an immediate preceding action, like you say, of waking up or picking up my cup of coffee can trigger in our brain the need, the internal feeling of wanting to take a tablet and read the news or open the email and read the news. In a wider sense, can we just talk a little bit about why this is such an important topic? Because we are seeing this increasing shift towards reader revenue and news organisations being reliant on their readers coming to them. How does this play into that wider context? Most organisations today also focus on uh, introducing subscription models, uh, which means like recurring revenue um, of different levels. And in order to build up subscription uh, revenue, you need to really build recurring behavior or recurring engagement, as we call it. Um, and so within that context, habits are key. Understanding habits and, um, let's say, getting uh, people into these kind of automatic unconscious behaviors where they consume your product without, let's say, taking uh, effort for that or consideration is key. And if that is not existing anymore, eventually, the behavior is probably going to stop and eventually also the subscription is going to end one day or another. Presumably it's a noisier environment for readers. How much harder is it digitally to create these habits than it has been in the past? It's definitely much harder because much more organizations have understood that, let's say, delivering news to readers or to people is key. Uh, the Googles of this world, um, the Facebooks of this world, they all have understood that. Um, it's not by accident that, let's say, Facebook calls its feed the news feed. In that context for news organizations to stay relevant and to kind of still, let's say, attract that attention, the, it's really important then to understand, okay, what kind of morning routines do, do exist and how do I fit in there and how do I raise above the noise level? Uh, how can I become more relevant than those big tech giants that also understand that game and probably have more means even to, to do that properly, which is challenging because it's easier to kind of be happy with a million page views on a website than, for instance, with 10,000 daily readers. But the 10,000 daily readers contribute much more to the bottom line than the million page views. And so for organizations uh, kind of uh, moving away from the big numbers to the small numbers, from, let's say, looking really in-depth, like how people are using news, that is now uh, start to be a big, uh, let's say, opportunity and challenge. So that I've understood that correctly, news organizations need to change their definition of success. And they are doing so. I mean, I think a very good example is The Telegraph in the UK, where they have, I think, uh, one or two years ago, strategically focused on generating reader revenues. So taking steps back from a previous efforts to build scale on advertising business, changing their home pages, uh, changing the way they deliver digital news, when they come with a new story, um, not doing it immediately anymore, not going after the scoop or the breaking news. So that is changing quite a bit in such an organization like The Telegraph. Not all news organizations, by the way, but many of them are now much more conscious about those things. Specifically, how do those changes, those editorial and wider business changes, translate 
to how they're paying attention to habits and forming those and creating those triggers? One is product design. How do you kind of, uh, for instance, what do you put on your homepage? Do you uh, kind of always update it? Do you regularly update it? Do you only update it once or twice a day? For instance, that aspect. Um, and when we started in our business, I think about eight, nine years ago, uh, the New York Times was being updated almost every hour. Now it's probably updated once or twice a day, the kind of the, the homepage, because they do understand that kind of habitual behavior in there. The Times of London is also a particular case of interest, and where they also kind of do not change quite a bit the, the homepage. And they, they would really kind of only do that once or twice slightly a day. So that is, for instance, an example where you can see changes uh, happening uh, today. The second is also the content that you offer. If you want to kind of find the variety of the content, the serendipity, uh, how it relates to people's interests and preferences. And the third angle that we see is that a lot of the, let's say, the leading news organizations are investing heavily in data collection, in understanding in-depth patterns of habit formation, and then trying to derive lessons and strategies for the organization. Also, that is, I think, a very positive evolution really interesting examples um, in there. To kind of tie this together in a practical sense, where does the first seed come from in terms of creating a reader habit? How do you get the ball moving? What are your initial steps? Where do you start from? Some, let's say, scientific research indicates uh, kind of like 66 days before habits are ingrained in our brains. That's quite a long period. And you see different numbers ranging from 50 to 100 days. Now, the initial seed is, of course, the exposure to the content. It uh, might be discovery through uh, search, might be a referral through social, um, different ways that people have to discover the content. They also have to discover the product experience. What newspapers offer is not just that one article that it matches their interest at that time, but a kind of servicing layer on top of that. So how frequently does that exposure need to come? The current research that we have seen is that basically we see daily uh, interactions or daily attempts to interact as, as the minimum uh, to build that behavior. The number three seems to be a bit of a tipping point. Mm -hmm. Three kind of active sessions a week seems to be a tipping point to, to kind of seeing a recurring, perpetually recurring behavior. Um, but that's, those are, let's say, engaged reading sessions. Um, this is just not opening a mail, for instance. Still, a lot of research needs to be done, quite honestly, in that kind of fine-grained tracking. Um, and, and then what are the key kind of, uh, let's say, levels of intensity to get people to, uh, let's say, form those habits? I mean, this 66-day window intrigues me. What exactly does a news organization have to do within that time to keep the reader motivated and plugged in? Because people do give up and you're asking them to stay, stay hooked for two or three months. Yeah, that is, I think, the, the magical question there, right? Um, and it is uh, coming back to these habit loops because you need to kind of have the right mix of triggers, the right mix of what we call variable reward. You need to have some craving in there and you need to gradually see people invest more of their time, but also more of their knowledge or personal stuff in your solution. Uh, give you a concrete example. For instance, reading it later 
is a form of personal investment or asking somebody to kind of register and give an email address to get access to a bit more features or content is a form of investment, okay? Um, so each one of these elements needs careful thought and design triggers, needs careful design actions, variable reward investment, and that notion of craving. And the notion of craving is particularly not yet very well understood in the industry. Like in order to form habits, you also have to have to long for something. And so publishing immediately content kind of breaks that. Waiting to publish creates that craving, right? Creates that rhythm. And also that has been essential in the successful building of newspaper print products, by the way, right? The scoop would be in the morning. What is important in those 66 days or in that, that, that period of time until a habit is actually becoming a habit is that the, the loop of trigger an action that the user takes, the reward that he gets by, for example, reading content and the investment that he puts, that loop is uh, iterated multiple times and only after it's, it's iterated multiple times, it will transform into an automatic behavior. Um, and for that reason, in that period of time, that's critical that publishers try to um, get readers to walk through this loop enough times um, in order to instill that automatic behavior, which is the habit. Burning question. Um, what could a reader possibly long for in a digital environment when there is so much on offer? How do you kind of create that exclusivity in order to form that habit? In, in the report, actually, we're documenting, uh, based on the research that we made, uh, six key reader cravings. Reader cravings are things such as, I want to learn something new, or I want to find out information that relates to my personal life, such as a tax change or things that can affect my, my personal life. Um, but also things like, I want to know what's happening because I want to plan my weekend, or I want to be entertained, um, or things that are just the topics of the day which would um, allow me to um, have topics to discuss with my colleagues, so a bit of fear of missing out. It's really interesting. Um, I, I still like some of those examples, Danny, you gave when we were talking about sort of keeping readers plugged into that habit cycle. You were sort of talking about the read it later section and sort of register for more access. These are things which, you know, uh, news organisations could never have offered really as, as a print product. Um, what are the opportunities for habit forming that digital offers uh, compared to the days of print? Definitely in the area of, let's say, surprise, video offers a lot of opportunity that is not possible on uh, print. It's easier to, to integrate that into the whole experience. Uh, the second element that is easier uh, to bring in is also, and that is for many readers also, is a little bit of uh, mind exercises, uh, kind of quizzes, puzzles. Uh, we have a very good example of that, uh, which is the French publisher Ouest uh, France has created a digital evening edition uh, called L'Edition du Soir. Uh, about a third of the content of that edition is very, very well done, let's say, uh, mind exercises. One third of the audience is actually almost daily coming back to do a couple of those uh, mind exercises. So there is quite a bit of opportunity in the digital space that was not possible on a printed paper, right? I think one huge opportunity is also um, the technology itself, which brings much easier um, experimentation possibilities. 
I think in print would have been much more difficult to experiment with changing your product or changing triggers of your product, which implied huge changes to the whole distribution mechanisms. Um, whereas now um, it's much easier for publishers to actually set up experiments or try out um, different variable rewards or try out different actions or try out different investments uh, and learn from that much faster. I think that's a, it's a huge opportunity. I think what I've taken away from this conversation is that fundamentally humans haven't changed. Newspapers have historically worked as a way to tap into our basic cravings for routine and, and updates. The difference is now that there are more products on digital to hit those three triggers a day and start that habit cycle. Hopefully, if you can achieve that over a two or three month period consistently, and that's no small ask, you'll have a loyal reader who will impulsively reach for your app in the morning to enjoy with their cup of coffee. Danny, Dana, it's been really interesting talking to you. Thanks for all of your time and insights today. Thanks, of course, to you at home or on the commute for tuning in. If you like what you heard, you can subscribe to the journalism.co.uk podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Let me remind you that our Newswide conference takes place on the 4th of June 2020 at Media City UK in Salford, Greater Manchester, no less. Our first Newswide conference outside of London. You still have time to take advantage of our early bird offer, which will save you £50 if you book before the 28th of February. Head to newswide.com to get your hands on that deal. You don't want to miss out. If you want to feature on the podcast, my email again is jacob at journalism.co.uk or you can find us on Twitter at Journalism News and you can drop us a DM there. That's all we have time for this week. I've been your host, Jacob Granger. Until next time, 